Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. All right, podcast friend. We have a special interruption, I guess, a deviation from the norm, an extreme circumstance, and an unusual broadcast situation here. I recently recorded a video on how I stopped drinking. And it was three strategies for how I stopped drinking. And I don't know why exactly. I don't know who this is for, but I have felt called to share my personal story about how I stopped drinking six years ago and specifically how, like what I did, why I made that change, but also how I was able to do that, which was important for me. So this has nothing to do with personal branding, really. This has nothing to do. This is not at all the normal format of our podcast for me to share something like this. It's very, very unusual. This is a tremendously personal, I guess you would say vulnerable, unexpected thing for me to be sharing. But I follow the promptings that I feel led to. And for some reason, I feel led to this one. So if this is the first time you've ever listened to this show, you're welcome to listen to this episode. And we may break it into a couple of parts because it was a little bit long. But, you know, this is not what we normally cover here on this show. Normally, we're talking to people about how to, you know, expand their reach, become more well-known, make a bigger impact, make more income and uh, grow their influence in the world. And I guess, you know, there is a little bit of a tie, which is if you know one of the things that I believe deeply is that before you can build a strong personal brand, you have to build a strong personal character. Before you can build a strong personal brand, you have to build a strong personal character. And this story that I'm going to share about how I stopped drinking six years ago and why and when and how it all happened, and then specifically the strategies that I used through that sort of personal development are related to my character. Okay, I'm not saying that if you you don't like if you drink, you have a your person of weak character at all, not whatsoever at all. AJ, my wife, our business partner, my business partner, our CEO, you know, she drinks to this day, but it is for me this was an important journey about that I felt I needed to go on to to strengthen and fortify my personal character. And so that's why we decided to share it with you. It's not so much about going, "Hey, we think you need to learn how to stop drinking. You may not drink at all, or maybe you do and it's, you know, not a big deal, or like, you know, maybe you do a lot and it's not affecting like, you know, whatever, like whatever your attitude is. It's, this is not about saying, hey, you should stop doing this. This is my story about how I created a significant behavior change in my life and created new habits and new behaviors that is tied, at least was for me, tied to my personal character and is also tied to taking action and creating change and making at least in my case, you know, what I felt was the move to make myself a stronger person. And so, you know, maybe this is relevant to you, like hyper relevant, maybe it's relevant for someone, you know, but I think what makes it relevant to all of us and to you, at least on some level is twofold. One, it is realizing this connection that before you can build a strong personal brand, you have to build a strong personal character. And that's really, really important because your influence will never grow wider then your character runs deep. 
Your influence will never grow wider than your character runs deep. That's something that my pastor shared with me a couple of years ago. And I found that to be really true. But for all of us, we're always trying to make changes. We're trying to create some behavior change, some pattern change to get ourselves or our business to the next level. And so I think listening to the psychology of how I'm creating that change and I'm leaning on the psychology that you know I've spent a lot of my life developing, which is the psychology of helping people take action and build discipline and do things they don't want to do. And that's something I've you know spent a career studying. So, you know, listen to it more from that angle. Like if you're not someone who struggles with alcohol in whatever way, I'd listen to it from that angle. Or just, you might just skip past this episode if you don't want to get all up close and personal with me. So again, this is a break from the norm. Just wanted to give you a heads up and a warning, just fair warning that this is not our standard programming and it's not a permanent change in our programming. Like we're continuing on with our normal format, but thought that I wanted to share with you and at least give you a little bit of a look into this part of my life, which was a powerful and, and important journey. So anyways, I hope you enjoy. So about six years ago, I stopped drinking alcohol and I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I did that. But specifically, I want to share with you three strategies for how I did that. Now, I want to let you know up front, I'm not against drinking. I don't believe that it means you're bad or immoral or any of those things. If you do it, I did it for a long time. I honestly don't know why I'm sharing this with you, but I feel called to share some of this story with you. Um, and so I just, I want to make sure you know up front that if you drink, this isn't a slam against you or meant, you know, or anybody, AJ, my wife drinks and she still drinks and, you know, I have friends that do. So it's not about that, but I just want to share three reasons or not three reasons, only three strategies for how I stopped drinking about six years ago. So let's dive in. Here they are. I'm going to give them to you right up front. So first of all, the very first strategy is to redefine your identity. Redefine your identity, which is all about figuring out why. And so I'm going to talk through seven reasons why I stopped drinking and how that sort of came about. Then the second strategy is to rewrite your own programming. And we'll get into the details of that. I'm going to share with you an affirmations list that I use, which is really a huge part of what changed my life. And then the third thing is to replace your choices. And there's two specific types of choices that I replaced in my life that have made a huge difference. And I'll share with you what both of those are. So first of all, let's talk about replacing your identity. And to me, this is really key because if you want to make any change in your life, you have to start thinking of yourself as a different person because that's literally what change means. Change means I'm becoming a different person. I'm on my way to being someone that is different than I am or especially than I have been. And in order to do that, it's going to require work. It's going to require effort. It's going to require intention and discipline, which means it's going to be difficult and probably, or at least uncomfortable or, you know, unfamiliar at the least. And so you really need to know why you're doing what you want to be doing. Like, here's what I think is not a great reason to stop drinking is because it's like, oh, other people think I should stop drinking. I actually don't think that's the greatest reason why you should. I think any change that you make in your life has to be one and should be one that you are making, that you are choosing it. And so you're the one taking agency of your own life. And it's not because 
you think you're supposed to, or because someone said that, you know, somebody threatened you with something, this or that. It's because whatever has happened, you've come to a place where you've said, I want to make this type of change in my life. I want to make some type of change. And so really this applies to all types of changes. And so I think in order to do that work, in order to take the stairs to steal the title and metaphor of my first book, it's going to be a journey. And so you need to really understand why you're doing it. And so I'm going to share with you, these are seven reasons why I decided to stop drinking. So, and this happened about six years ago. The last time I had alcohol was the night that AJ told me we were pregnant with my son, Jasper, with our oldest son, Jasper. So at the time of this recording, that was you know over six years ago, which is crazy that it's been that long. And you also should know that like I drank a lot before that. Was I an alcoholic? Mm, I don't know. I guess it depends on what the definition of an alcoholic was. I never went in treatment. I didn't miss work. You know, maybe if I was, I was, I guess what some would maybe call a high functioning alcoholic. But I once heard the definition that an alcoholic is someone who simply drinks to get drunk. They drink for the purpose of getting drunk. By that definition, I was an alcoholic because that was the only reason I was drinking was to get drunk. It wasn't like, oh, I like the taste of this more than any number of other things I could drink and that's why I'm doing it. Or like I was never interested in like the making of alcohol or, you know, how it happened or like the hobby of how it was crafted, right? Like it was, no, I'm drinking for the purpose of feeling a certain way or escaping a feeling that I was feeling. So, you know, I guess by that definition, maybe I was, but I personally, you know, was never, I guess, at a place where you might say I was out of control, where it was affecting my, you know, I don't know what the measure of that would be. So, but by some definitions I was, but, you know, obviously if this is something you're struggling with or a loved one is struggling with, you should consult with, you know, a mental health professional. And I've never was really at that point. So again, I just sharing my story here. I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but here's seven reasons why I stopped. Okay. So first of all, regret reduction, regret reduction. You know, as I thought about this whole journey and, you know, I should say that the catalyst for this was solidarity with AJ, right? The catalyst for me stopping wasn't it was these seven reasons, but it wasn't like something massive happened in my, well, I guess finding out you're going to be a dad is pretty massive, but like, I didn't have this, you know, blow up or, you know, hit rock bottom kind of moment. It was just like, you know, she said it was going to be a dad and she wasn't going to drink for nine months. And so I said, all right, I'm just going to stop drinking with you. And then I just never picked it back up. And at first it was really hard. Like the first couple of weeks, were really hard. And the first couple of months were hard and then it got easier. And that's something I think you should know. Or if somebody you know is, is struggling with an addiction of some type, I'm certainly not an expert on addiction, but I have spent a life studying the psychology of self-discipline and overcoming procrastination and moving people to action and overcoming inaction. And so what I know from that work as well as my own life is today is the hardest it's ever going to be. Like the day that you set out on the change is that's the hardest, but it becomes easier over time. So you should know that. But for me, when I was looking back, 100% of the regrets that I had ever had in my life were from when I was drunk. Like I actually realized that as I thought back over the course of my life and I was thinking about, 
you know, all the poor decisions that I had made, all the stupid things that I have said, most of the really dumb things that I had, had done, probably all of the dumbest things that I had done. Like I literally, as I, I didn't have a ton of regrets in my life, but I had some big ones. And in all of them, every single regret I had in my life was from when I was drunk. And so I thought, well, gosh, if I don't want regrets, maybe if I could stop doing this, you know, if I stop drinking, maybe I'll have fewer regrets in my life. And it's just a reduction of the chance, right? So it's like the chance of me ever getting a DUI goes way, way down if I'm not drinking. The chance of me ever engaging in sexual immorality or you know, breaking trust with my wife or having an affair or something, it goes way, way down if I'm not drinking or I'm not drunk. It's not impossible, right? But the likelihood, I'm playing the odds. And this is how I structure my whole life. This is how I structure business is, you know, the strategies, the techniques we teach to help people make money. It's all about like, nothing is guaranteed, but there's these principles of success and these principles that are true. And you go, man, if you adopt these into your life, you're just sort of like playing the odds. And so I thought, man, I'm certainly going to improve the odds in my favor of having fewer regrets in my life if I stop drinking. The second thing, honestly, was mental health. And here's what I mean specifically. I'll never forget one time I actually said these words out loud. Like these words came out of my mouth and there was something about the way I said it that really locked me up and it captured me and it caught my attention. It was like a slap across the face. Like I, it made me go, whoa. And here's what I said to someone. I don't even remember the scenario. All I remember is what I said. I said, you know, I just have more fun when I'm drunk. And bam, just like that. Like when there was just something when I said, I just have more fun when I'm drunk. That hit me so hard because I realized, wow, however I have structured my life, like whatever choices I've made, whoever I'm around, whatever I'm doing, whatever you know, goals I'm pursuing, business I'm involved with, like whatever my physical health is, wherever I am at, like I have the most fun when I'm drunk. That felt like a risky orientation of my life. It felt like a risky orientation of my happiness. It felt like a risky orientation of my mental health to go, I have to be drunk in order to be experiencing my highest level of happiness. And it was a very sobering moment because I realized that's not how I want to live. I want to be able to be happy without this. I want to be able to be happy every moment of every day without any substances like that. I want my own attitude and my own mindset to be in charge of my own health and happiness. I don't want dependency on something else for my happiness other than, you know, I'm a Christian. So, you know, my relationship with God is super important, but like outside of that, my own happiness, I want to be independent of things that are happening around me. I don't want my circumstances to dictate my happiness. I certainly don't want substances to dictate my happiness. And what I realized for myself, right? I can't say this for everybody. All I'm talking about today, as I just sharing with you my own journey here, which was sort of an accidental journey a little bit, like, you know, just an unexpected journey is that I realized that I diluted my body's own ability to deal with stress 
and pain and heartbreak and struggle because I was medicating with alcohol. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. So I, you know, there are ways that you process stress and grief and heartbreak and setbacks and rejection and life. Like life is difficult. Like for everybody, life is hard, man. Like so difficult. And what I realized was, oh, somehow along the way, and just, you know, it wasn't like I was crazy into doing bad stuff all the time. I just started drinking, you know, a little bit in high school and then more in college and then a lot more later in college. And then, you know, I had some money and it was more. And then I was a young professional. I was traveling all over. I was flying first class and, you know, I was speaking and stuff. And it was just like, it was just always available. And so it was just happening a lot. But I, at some point, I had developed accidentally a dependency on this substance to help me resolve stress, to help me deal with rejection, to help me deal with frustration. And so this substance was the thing that I was using for that. And so I was disallowing my body's natural ability from forcing itself to deal with those things in a healthy way. And so I was doing this unhealthy thing. And so I was like, man, I want non-dependency. I want to be in charge of my own happiness. I want my attitude to dictate how I feel. I want to be in charge. I don't want to be dependent on something else, regardless of whether what the something is. I don't want something else to be responsible for my happiness. I want to be responsible for my happiness. So that was the second reason was mental health. The third reason was actually very practical. It was financial savings. <laughs> like I remember one year we got like a personal accountant for our family and you know they were just like we would send in our receipts every month or you know at first we started with QuickBooks and then we had like a family accountant and so they were tracking stuff and they had this line that was like alcohol and it was thousands of dollars. And if you would have told me at the start of the year, oh, you know, Rory is someone who spends thousands of dollars on alcohol, I'd have been like, no way, you're crazy. Like I have drinks here and there. And then looking at it added up in black and white, it was like, holy moly, I spend thousands of dollars on this. Thousands of dollars, right? Because, you know, a drink might be, I don't know, eight bucks, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. If you're in Vegas, it's 25 bucks. Like, and you go, ah, you know, a bottle of wine here and there is 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Like, you know, you have martinis, you go out on the lake, you do the birthday parties and, you know, well, a couple glasses of wine with dinner. And, and again, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just sharing my story of going, for me, it added up. And specifically, it wasn't just thousands of dollars. It was the opportunity cost of going, what if I would have spent those thousands of dollars Instead of spending on alcohol, what if I would have invested that into my own education, into my own personal development? Like if I would have used that money to go to conferences or travel the world or even waste and like blow on silly, you know, stuff like, I, you know, whatever shirts and clothes and like 
you know, trips or TVs or whatever. Like, and then specifically was like, what if I would have invested that money? You know, like if I would have taken a few thousand bucks every year, let's say from the time I was like 20 to 25, if I would say it was 2000 bucks every year from age 20 to 25 and invested that, and I would have had like that 10 grand invested, it would grow to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time I was retirement age, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I was just, that was one for me where I was like, okay, yeah, like this is crazy. It's crazy. It's costing me money. The fourth thing was competitive advantage. And I got to give a shout out here to my man, Lewis Howes, because Lewis was one of the people. There were several people in my life that I met who were really high performing individuals. And as I got to know them, I was like, oh, this person doesn't drink. And I was almost surprised. I was like, wow, I didn't even know you could. Like, It was almost like being successful in business meant you had to like drink at the golf course or drink at the happy hour or you know, drink at the award ceremony or drink on the airplane together or like go out for drinks and you know everyone get together and you buy drinks. If you do some of that stuff, it's fine. But it was just like, it was crazy that somehow my default had become that that was mandatory. Like that it was just that you had to do it. And then I met some of these other people, one of them being Lewis, who was just this, amazing guy who was accomplishing big things in the world. And he wanted to help people. He had these huge visions. What's funny now, like all of them are coming true. But like back in the day, it was like, you know, it was as many people who knew him and knew me and we were kind of up and coming. And it was like, wow, this guy's really cool. And, and he doesn't drink. And so I asked him about it one time and he was just like, you know, look, you know, the way he described it to me was he was an athlete and he was like, I'm looking for every competitive advantage that I can get. And so that was the fourth reason for me was like competitive advantage of just going, okay, like separate morality, separate physicality. If you just look at it pure like ambition and success of like, what am I going to achieve someday? And what can I be capable of someday? And you go, okay, these are the goals I have in my life. And again, you go, does alcohol increase my odds of achieving these goals or decrease my odds? For me, it was like decreases the odds. And it was like, yeah, if all things being equal, okay, and I'm not super competitive with other people, I'm pretty competitive with myself, but I'm not super competitive with other people. But if you just thought about it and you said, okay, if there's three people in the race, all things being equal, and you go, if I'm a non-dreaker, does that give me a, a competitive advantage? For me, I was like, yeah, it probably does. Like it probably does. So why not? So that was an epiphany, which is kind of close to the fifth one. So the fifth one, was physical vigilance, physical vigilance. This was the fifth reason why, you know, thinking back, I stopped drinking. We had a friend named Navy Seal Joe and Navy Seal Joe was a Navy SEAL for 24 years. And he did 13 combat tours. You know, he's running life and death missions. And he said to me, and he didn't drink. And I asked him about it one time. And he said, he said, it's real simple, Rory. When you're a Navy SEAL, you realize you know, your life at any moment, you could be in a life or death situation. Like snap of a fingers, you're Navy SEAL. There's, you know, like the Marines say, no easy day, right? There's no easy day. Like at any moment, you can find yourself suddenly in a life or death situation. And he said, and I had to realize that like, even once he was out of the military, the same was true, right? You can be walking down the street and in a split second, somebody walks up behind you, you're in a life and death situation. You can be driving a car and something jumps out in front of the road and split second, you're in a life and death situation. You know, someone says something to you 
and you reacted the wrong way to it, could be a loved one, could be a stranger, you suddenly might be finding yourself in a situation that could alter the trajectory of your life. And so he was saying that there were these moments that we never know when they're going to come up, but they could happen at any moment, right? You could be, you know, tornado, like a you know, hurricane, it could be volcano, could be a physical encounter, could be your house catches on fire and you go, are you prepared, right? Like if I'm drunk, does that make me prepared for that moment? For me, it was like, no, that feels not the case. It's the opposite, right? It's the opposite. And so I never wanted to be caught in a moment where I was like, whoa, I have handicapped my own ability to, you know, maximize the likelihood of a positive outcome in some type of a life or death situation. So it's physical vigilance. It's very similar. One time I remember a man came up to me after speaking. He had read Take the Stairs and he was like, well, I really love the book, et cetera. And he said, you know, I doesn't look this way, but I lost 120 pounds. And I said, wow, that's crazy. How did you do this? And he told me, he said, well, you know, it's amazing. It's really like, how did I gain it at first? He was like, all I did was I got married 10 years ago and I gained a pound a month. Okay. So that's 12 pounds a year. And I did that every year for 10 years. That's 120 pounds. Like all I did was gain a pound a month. I did that consistently for 10 years. I'm 120 pounds overweight. And I said, well, so what happened? And I said, you know, what's the diet? Like, what was the diet program? What was your exercise regimen? Like, what'd you do? He said, it wasn't any of that. He said, I had a friend whose house caught on fire and this guy's house was burning down in the middle of the night and he had a wife and he had two kids and he had to make a decision in the middle of the night in that environment, which of his family members he was going to carry out to safety. And he told me, he said, in that moment, I made a decision that I would rather die than have to make that choice. And so I had to be in a position physically where I was strong enough to carry out all of my family if that situation happened. I would have to be able to go room to room and pick them all up and make it out of the house. And so he said, that was the thought that moved me. It was the same idea of physical vigilance, like that I'm ready at any moment before, you know, I'm most ready or I'm best optimized for any moment. The sixth is spiritual guidance. I don't want to spend too much time on this one because I don't want you to think that like, you know, you're unspiritual if you drink, you know, you're not. I mean, Jesus, you know, his first miracle, <laughs> Jesus's first miracle is turning water into wine at a wedding. But, you know, when I look through yeah, I'm a man of God. I read the word and that's my source of truth. And I was looking in first Peter five, eight, and it says, be alert and of sober mind because the enemy, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, resist him, stand firm in your faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And it's like, be alert and of sober mind, right? That's a warning in Romans 12, one. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. And, you know, again, it's like, it doesn't mean you can't ever drink or even that maybe you shouldn't get drunk. It just means like, I'm being mindful of the idea that, okay, like if my body is supposed to be, my life is, you know, a dedication to the Lord, 
you know, there's spiritual impacts here. This is not a salvation issue, by the way, just to make that super clear. Drinking or not drinking has nothing to do with whether or not you get into heaven. That's a whole different story. You know, I'm speaking, you know, of the Christian faith. It has nothing to do with whether or not you get into heaven. Uh, the Bible to me is not a rule book. It's an instruction manual for how you live and, you know, how to get the most out of living. And, you know, these are things that I saw in there. So, you know, that mattered to me. And then the seventh thing was just setting an example, setting an example an example setting for my boys, you know, and just going, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. His dad was an alcoholic. Like it ran in our family. And again, like a couple drinks here and there, whatever. I mean, this is all for you to sort out. Like, but for me, it was again saying like, who do I want my boys to see me being? Who do I want them to see me being? What do I want them to see me doing? Knowing not so much that I'm concerned with what they think about me, although that's important, but what concerned me more is knowing that whatever it is that I do is likely to give them permission for them to do in their own life. And even if I am spared from ever becoming an alcoholic or become, you know, getting to the place where it really is ruling my life, they might not be so lucky. And I don't want to be a part of any part of contributing to that, right? Now, my boys are going to drink one day. I mean, maybe I'll have a drink with them one day. I don't know. Like, But it's just setting that example and also you know, helping other people that are cool and, and, and people realizing that you can actually be cool without doing this. You can be successful without doing this. You can rise in the corporate ranks without doing this because, which is weird to even think we have to say that. But somehow the world is at the place where you kind of have to say it because it's more like we think the opposite of like, oh, it's weird to not drink. Like you're the unusual one if you're not drinking, not the other way around. Like it's more normal. It's more customary to be drinking. And you can apply this to any type of indulgence, right? You know, the same things for like, you know, whatever, any type of abuse, not abuse, indulgence, abuse of in like of a substance abuse is what I'm saying, or indulgence of some type, you know, so just you know, that's my identity. That's why is going, who do I want to be? And that's what you got to figure out for yourself is just, who do I want to be? And is this helping me or is it out? And if it's fine, like if it's under control and you go, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's under control. Fine. You know, no one should be judging you except you. Like it's all up to you to decide what feels right. All right. So interruption, pause, stop the recording, stop the tape, stop the video, stop, stop. Apologize for this interruption. But it uh, sounds like I've got more to say on this topic than I anticipated. And I, again, I have no idea why I'm doing this. I just, for some reason, feel called to share this story with the world. But I've got more to say. In fact, a lot more to say than some really, really practical tips and like actual tactical things that you can do or that I did to help me stop drinking. So I am going to share those with you, but we decided that, hey, this is a good place to pause and draw part one to a conclusion and we'll sort of like wrap part one and then stay tuned and we will bring you part two. I will not leave you hanging, but I just wanted to interrupt myself here for a moment and say there's more to come. And if you're getting value out of this or if you think it's useful for someone that you know, that fills me up. I guess that's really ultimately the only reason why I'm doing this, but we're going to split it into two different sections. So this lands the plane on part one. 
And we'll make sure, obviously, that we send out part two very soon, make it easy for you to find. Thanks so much. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 